Hey guys, Kyle back with Kyle Burrell's unedited podcast, episode number 77. Um, I was mistaken last week that there is still one more week left in the NFL. So the fee segment, the big fee segment and stuff like that will break into next week. Um, you know, uh, before I think we started, we just talked about, you know, DeMar Hamlin and, you know, it's, uh, very sad of what's happened and obviously, uh, people don't know, uh, I'm sure everybody does though. Uh, middle, middle of the or mid, what late first quarter, made a tackle over the middle of the field, got up and then collapsed to the ground and had a cardiac arrest. Basically, um, was a you know weird thing to see. I mean, the only thing I could recall seeing something like that was the Euros in 2020 when Christian Eriksen uh, collapsed to the ground. They had to use CPR and you know other other equipment to you know help him obviously and they had to do that with you know DeMar DeMar last night so it was a scary scene obviously you know um I think you know it's tough to watch but I mean that's you know you you don't even you don't even understand how something like that can happen really I mean it's not even a football really football related injury it just it was a cardiac arrest um you just collapsed on the field he got up after the tackle and just collapsed um like I said, all the thoughts and prayers are with him, his family and friends and the Bills organization. And, you know, obviously everybody really, even the Bengals players, I'm sure, are traumatized. So that was uh, that was tough to see. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with that football game. Um, they aren't going to play it this week for sure. We don't know if they're going to fit it in. The only thing that I've heard from, you know, just talking to other people and seeing stuff on Twitter is that it's going to be very tough to fit this game in. So I don't know if they go to a draw. Um, if, you know, if the Bengals over the Bills lose because it was seven to three, I don't know what they're going to do, honestly, but you know, it's a tough situation and you know, you knew they weren't going to play the game within, you know, that night and and probably not within the next two, three days either. I mean, the Bills flew back home early that morning. So, but yeah, that was a, that was an absolute tough thing to watch. And again, prayers to him, his family, friends, and the Bills organization, um, again, won't be a too loaded podcast. I kind of put some lists together that I wanted to do. Um, we can, uh, we'll do, uh, I don't really have this situated. I just wanted to get a podcast out, you know, B-Day pod. So, um, 24 years old. Um, but let's get it together. I think we'll do that one last. We can do a fantasy football league update. We will do that for sure. Um, I don't know how it's going to finish. I'm not, I haven't, I haven't sent, I, I can, I have the, you know, the money held up and, an account for the leagues, but I don't know when to send it or how to send it because I don't know what they're going to do of what's what's going to count and what's not going to count. So, you know, I'm waiting. I'm holding out on that. Some of the leagues are fairly wrapped up, but there is, you know, I have a couple games that are, you know, I'm two, my two championship games had, one guy had, I was up 53, he had Jamar Chase. So I'd like to think I was going to win, but you never know. Um, and then the other one, I think I'm up 35. I have Allen and Diggs. He has Burrow and Higgins. So I should win that one as well. But again, you never know in fantasy. So I never like to count you know, count the blessings of that. Um, but again, uh, what I think we'll do here is we'll go first with my, you know, I'm what, what I'm doing this week is post-week 17 NFL Top 16 Power Rankings. I'm going record decide who do I think are the 16 best teams in the NFL going into the last week. And like I said, next week we'll have the fee segment be a massive one. He'll have a ton of football, probably have some NBA. You know, NBA's been crazy lately. I'm sure he'll throw some college basketball in there as well. Um, the end, we'll also talk about the national title. Obviously, we'll really get into that on Thursday with KB and the boys. Um, I guess before we start, we can look at the 
the bowl game records, it's wrapped up. Um, Carter is going to take the win. He went 23-17-1. Me and Nick went 21-19-1, and Colby and Schmidt went 19-21-1 after the locks this week. So what is this going to be? That was episode 16. So 54, do I have it up right? Mm, 50, 48, so 20 plus 26, 46, okay. Everyone's everyone's got this around the same record though, right? I believe, yeah. Should be 51 in total, 20, 20, 20, okay. Hold on, I think I got this all mixed up. So Nick, that's 51, 26, 20. Okay. 27 plus 20, 47 plus 1. Okay, there we go. So right now I'm 27, 20, and 4. Nick is 26, 23, and 2. Colby and Carter, 25 and 26. And Schmidt, 28, 20, 22, 28, and 1. This week for the panel parlay, we're 0 and 13. We're all going to pick one leg and see what happens and put it in for something. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, but yeah, that'll be fun. But that, yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll still predict the bowl game. Um, we'll still count it towards the record, see what everyone finishes out at. I think the spread right now is Georgia twelve and a half or something like that. But um, let's get into it. So my week, my post week seventeen NFL top sixteen power rankings. Records aside, who I think the sixteen best teams are in the NFL going into the last week of the year. Obviously, I could, get, I could be way wrong. You know, a couple of these teams that are high up could lose and miss the playoffs. One of these teams could miss the playoffs that I have in my top 10. So again, I'm going the Chiefs at one. Again, I just think Mahomes the best player. They they played in a ton of close games, which I think can be very beneficial for the playoffs. Um, they've come back in some games, um, and they just they win them, right? They're 13-3. and three. They win the games. I'm um, going Niners at two. Um, again, I know they have Brock Purdy at quarterback, but there's just so much around him. The defense is so good. Great head coach, great weapons, great O-line. He's just out there doing what he's got to do, get it to these guys and not not have big mistakes. Or multiple mistakes. I'm um, going the Buffalo Bills at three. Um, again, J- Josh Allen. I you know, animal. Um, their defense is good. Um, good weapons. Running running backs scare me a little bit, but I still I would have the Bills slightly over the Bengals here at four. Joe Burrow. He he wins the big ones too, though, right? He's the close game guy. You know, he's had the Chiefs number. I'm um, going the Bengals at four. Um, you know, people can call this a little bit of bias for sure, but. The Eagles and Cowboys have played twice. Both times, the team that lost did not have their starting quarterback. Cowboys lost 26-20. They, didn't, they had Cooper Rush in. Eagles had, uh, Cowboys won 40-34. Eagles had Gardner Minshew. I have the Cowboys over the Eagles. I think we're a better team. Um, I think we have a better head coach. I think our pass rush is better. I'm worried about our secondary a little bit, but we also torched their secondary in the last time we played them. Um, but I'm going to go the Cowboys at five, Eagles at six. I'm going to go the Green Bay Packers at seven. Um, great defense, elite defense. The O-line's really good. Two good stud running backs. These receivers are stepping up now. Big Bob Tunyon's out there making plays. And obviously they have Aaron bleeping Rodgers. Um, at eight, I'm going to go the Los Angeles Chargers. Again, a team, just so many weapons. Herbert, so good. Can he, you know, he's going to finally get a chance to perform in the playoffs. Can he do it? We'll find out. But I got the Chargers at eight. I'm going the Vikings at nine, and it's really because Kirk Cousins in their O-line. Can you trust Kirk Cousins to win you a big one? Their O-line is very banged up. Um, this isn't, you know, me saying, you know, I'm not trying to take a dig or anything. I mean, they're 12-4. and four, They're a good football team. I just think there's better teams, quite a few better teams than them because of the Kirk Cousins and then the O-line is, it's not, it's it's beat up. 
I'm going Tampa Bay at 10. I know it seems crazy. It's like I've had them all over the place. I've had them in the top five. I've had them outside the 16. Here we go at 10, though. They really started they – cl- they look like they found a little bit offensively. Now, I don't know if that was Carolina or whatnot, but they look like they found something offensively. So, yeah, I'm going Tampa at 10. Jacksonville at 11. They've closed the season so well. Um, they're going to be a tough out. Trevor Lawrence is really, 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 really good. Really good. I'm going the Ravens at 12, mainly because I don't know if they have Lamar. You know, if even if they have Lamar, I don't know how much higher I'd have them. But, you know, I still think they have a really good defense. And, you know, if they can play at a slow slow pace and cause turnovers, they could win a game in the playoffs. But with Huntley, it's going to be tough unless a team really beats up on themselves. You know, like if they were playing Bengals or Bills in round one, you would have to – I think the Ravens would have to win the tur- turnover differ- turnover differential by three, if not, you know, more. That's why I got them there. Giants at 13. Again, I mean, they've had a really good season. Dayball, unbelievable hire by them. They found their head coach. Um, Daniel Jones has played well. Um, you know, they're here at 13. I think they're a good football team. At 14, I got the Pittsburgh Steelers. Why? Because they are just so damn scrappy and gutsy, and they keep the games tight and ugly, and that's how they compete in football games. Kenny Pickett's played extremely well. Najee Harris has started to play well. George Pickens is a playmaker. Deontay, jumps, Deontay Johnson, a reception machine. That defense is nice. And don't forget, they got one of the best head coaches in the NFL, Mike Tomlin. Uh, fifth team going to Seattle. Again, you know, they, they don't control their own destiny. You know, for the wild card, the only team that really controls their own destiny this weekend is the Green Bay Packers. They win and they're in. Seattle has to win and have Detroit beat Green Bay. Detroit has to beat Green Bay and have Seattle lose. Um, but I'm going to Seattle again and just a year away. They're a year away, I think. You know, they're real young in a lot of spots. Maybe a couple more good free agent signings, another good draft class, which they're going to have two picks, one in the top five. So, yeah, Seattle at 15. I'm going New England at 16. I mean, I'm not really very scared of New England, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, they're they're here. They have a chance to make playoffs. they got to beat Buffalo. We'll see if they can. Um, so let's get into my top seven skill Play, top seven players at each skill position in the NFL. So this is a little mixed in with, you know, counting this year and, you know, not trying to go all recency biased. Uh, I will have Jonathan Taylor still in my top seven. Um, I still have Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in my top seven. I really do. I, I don't have – I did not have Lamar. Um, I just think these seven quarterbacks currently are better. Uh, let's go tight ends first. At seven, I'm going to go Pat Fryermuth. I really think Pat Fryermuth is a stud. He blocks well. He's Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett loves getting in the ball. I really like Pat Fryermuth going forward. Steelers got a really good pick there. Six, I'm going Dallas Goddard. You know, obviously some injury issues this year, but he's an animal freak out there when he gets going. He's healthy. He's an animal, man. Five, I'm going Kyle Pitts. You know, uh, trouble really at quarterback. You have Mariota and Desmond Ritter. Can they find themselves a quarterback either via trade or can they get up to get a Stroud or Bryce Young? Uh, That's what the Kyle Pitts needs is a quarterback that can deliver balls well. Um, four, I'm going TJ Hawkinson. You know, he's really played well the last two, three weeks for Minnesota. Um, kind of s- slower start, but he's played really well the last two, three weeks. Um, I love TJ Hawkinson. I love that trade for Minnesota. At three, Mark Andrews. Um, again, you know, kind of playing with a backup quarterback. Dealt with some injuries early on in the year. Still a beast. But, uh, yeah, Mark Andrews in at three easily. I'm going George Kittle at two. Uh, again, he's when he get, when they target him, actually, he's an unbelievable receiver. He's an unbelievable receiver when they target him. When they get him the ball, actually, six, five, six, seven times, eight times a game, he's a beast. And he's the best blocking tight end in football. Number one's easy, though, Travis Kelsey, uh, by a decent margin. Um, it's it's Travis, man. He's the best, in my opinion, it, he's one or two best tight ends of all time. Uh, let me grab a drink before we go into wide receivers. 
All right, so wide receivers at seven. C.D. Lamb, who has had an unbelievable season for the Dallas Cowboys. Started off a little slow, but man, these last eight weeks, nine weeks, he's really picked it up and proved that he can be a number one receiver in the uh, in the NFL, and he is that for the Dallas Cowboys. Six to Chase again, you know, stats are unbelievable, and he missed four games, five games, whatever it was, and his stats are unbelievable. Um, crazy, crazy stats. Um, he's a stud. Uh, it's tough. One through one through seven is tough, man. Really, really. CD's kind of just crept in there, so I really say that for me. Three. No, I'm gonna say four to six is irrechangeable, and one to three is irrechangeable. I went Stephon Diggs at five. Obviously, an animal for the Bills. Had a great, has had a great year, um, and that's why he's in here at five. I went Tyree Kill at four. To me, you look at you know. Tyree Kill went to a new team. People said the stats were going to drop off. They have a little, but that's also because, you know, Tua hasn't been great the last five weeks, and then he got hurt, and then he's playing with Teddy Bridgewater. Tyree Kill is the biggest X factor in football still. Uh, he can take a play from negative three to negative three to 75-yard touchdown. Um, that's why he's in here at four for me. Number three for me is Devontae Adams. Could have him higher. I wouldn't argue. I wouldn't argue how you would uh, put these one, two, three. But I'm going Devontae Adams, who still had an unbelievable season after losing Aaron, or, you know, being traded. Going to the Raiders, you know, not being with Aaron Rodgers, being with Derek Carr, still had an unbelievable season. At two, I'm going Cooper Cup. I know people are going to say, how can you still have him here? How? Because he's still coming off the greatest season we've ever seen as a uh, four wide receiver, right? And if you look at what he did before he had the uh, the season in the injury, he was on pace to have still an unbelievable season, right? He's still unbelievable. He has to be two. One has to be Justin Jefferson, though, because Justin Jefferson had an unbelievable season last year, and he got better this year. I think Justin Jefferson, undoubtedly the number one wide receiver in the NFL. Running backs. Running backs can be a bit tougher, huh? So I'm going Joe Mixon at seven. Uh, I think, you know, Joe's a tremendous back. I think they've they've underutilized him at times this year, especially probably the last few four or five weeks of the season, six weeks. They've underutilized him, but I think he's still tremendous. Nick Chubb in at six. Still an animal. It's Nick Chubb. You know, he's had a couple down weeks, but he's still unreal. He's a, he's dominant. Uh, five, I'm going Jonathan Taylor. You know, I know the season was poor for him for expectations. He battled injuries. The O-line wasn't as good this year. Obviously, they missed on the quarterback. They thought they'd be able to throw and open up the the run would be open even more because we would be able to air it out on teams. Um, for Austin Eckler, again, you know, I think he's a better receiver than running back, but he still gets in the end zone as a running back. You know, the yards may not always be there um, rushing-wise, but he gets in the end zone still. Uh, three, I'm going Derrick Henry. You know, I think he still had an unbelievable season as well. It's not been his best, but he still had a great season. Um, two, I'm going Saquon Barkley. I know he's kind of cooled off the last four or five weeks, but I think Saquon Barkley is undoubtedly one of the best running backs in football, and I would have him at two. And one's easy, right? Christian McCaffrey. I mean, there's no real debate there. Christian McCaffrey's the best running back in football. Uh, quarterbacks. I have Trevor Lawrence at seven. I think he's already there. I do. I think they're going to, you know, get to the Super Bowl this year. No, but could they win a playoff game? Absolutely. I think it'd be incredible if we get Jaguars, Chargers round one matchup, Herbert versus Lawrence. I think that'd be just really cool. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I have Tom Brady at six. Yeah, you can say what you want. Tom Brady still put up some damn good numbers this year. Yeah, and he's 45. You know, you can say he's regressed a little. Sure. He's also, you know, we're, we're calling reg- regression. So O-line's been beat up. They can't run the ball. It's everything's on him with this team. Right? Come on. Aaron Rodgers, five. Um, he's still Rodgers, and he's really picked it up these last four or five games. Really picked it up the last four games. And uh, it's a team you don't want to see in the playoffs in round one, in my opinion. It's a team you really don't want to see. Uh, and if he gets in, he could have a chance at a rematch of the loss last year 
to uh, 49ers. Uh, for Justin Herbert, uh, just unbelievable arm talent. Uh, he's finally getting a chance to play in the playoffs. One, two, three is easy for me. I think three, through, three, two, one should be this order, and this should be the top three. Joe Burrow, three. Josh Allen, four. Patrick Mahomes, five. That's how I would have it. Or, or no, sorry. Joe Burrow, three. Josh Allen, two. Patrick Mahomes, one. So again, it'd be Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Trevor Lawrence. So let's get into my 2022-2023 uh, NFL awards. We're going to have three biggest disappointments for teams, three biggest overachievers for me, coach of the year, comeback player of the year, defensive rookie of the year, de- offensive rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, offensive player of the year, and MVP. So three disappointments. We're going from, you know, I'll go from the bottom, so the least disappointing, up. So I have the Colts at the bottom. Um, again, people can say say what you want. Um, high expectations coming into the season for this team, and they absolutely failed. That's just that's they're, they're a disappointment for sure. People thought they were going to walk away with that division, including myself, and here they are, four ten and one or whatever they are, four eleven and one. Uh, Denver Broncos second uh, and second for me. You know, obviously you traded all that for Russell Wilson, and it turned out bad. Um, I do. I have kind of the last couple weeks. Felt a little bad for Russ, though, because I think the media has gone too hard on him. Um, I think they could, uh, you know, they could chill out a little bit on it, you know. Uh, he understands that he's played bad. He said that. I love the guys having his back. I, I love that. I love those Broncos guys coming out and having his back, going after the media. Media is going to say stuff. Media is going to say harsh things. You're going to get clapped back, you know. Don't come in the kitchen if you can't take the heat. So there it is. Um, Las Vegas Raiders, my number one disappointment because I had them finishing second in the AFC West, being, uh, I think, the top wild card I had them at. And uh, they flopped. You know, they benched Derek Carr. They're, what, 6-10? and 10? So, yeah, that's my biggest disappointment. Three biggest overachievers. Uh, for third, I'm going the Pittsburgh Steelers. I cannot believe they, I would, if you would ask me at the start of the year, or if you would have told me at the start of the year, the Pittsburgh Steelers would have a chance to make the playoffs in the last game of the year, I would have said, you're absolutely fucking insane. With a rookie quarterback, a not great O line, um, and then T.J. Watt especially getting hurt when he did, I would I would have said they would end five and twelve this year. Um, but here they are. Uh, they need they do need some help, but a win and you could be in. Um, Seattle Seahawks again. When the trade happened, I immediately thought I didn't think Denver. I obviously didn't think Denver was going to do this bad. I thought they'd finish around nine and eight, miss the playoffs. But I thought Seattle would maybe win five games this year with Geno, and he's just turned it around completely. Um, and they have a chance to make the playoffs. Obviously, they need some help, but a win and a Green Bay loss, and they're in. Uh, number one is the New York Giants. I had them finishing dead last in the uh, NFC East at 5-12. and 12. Here they are, 9-6-1, and one, clinched up the playoff spot, clinched up the the sixth seed. Unbelievable, and that leads right in to Coach of the Year, Brian Dayball, easily. Not even a discussion. There should be no voting. There should be no voting on Coach of the Year. Brian Dayball deserves coach of the year undis- undisputed voting there should be it should be undisputed there should be nothing no one should say anybody else it has to be dayball no one thought the giants were going to be good this year and if you did you're maybe a diehard giants fan or you're lying but you didn't think the giants were going to be this good and you can't say there's no way you can say you did there's just no way dayball deserves coach of the year comeback player of the year cmc for me I think Geno's kind of gave it away the last few weeks. So has Saquon. CMC's been unbelievable. CMC, comeback player of the year. Defense rookie of the year. This is also an easy one for me. 
uh, way easier than Offense Rookie of the Year. I think there's multiple guys you can pick from. I went Sauce Gardner, obviously, for Defense Rookie of the Year. This should also be undisputed. Guy's been unreal. Yeah, it shouldn't be undisputed. My fault. Tariq Woolen should be in the conversation, but it should go to Sauce Gardner. Offense Rookie of the Year. I think three guys are in the consideration. You got Olave. You got Garrett Wilson. You got Kenneth Walker. I went Kenneth Walker. He wasn't, a, he wasn't expected to be a starter this year. They were going to have Rashad Penny be the starter. Um, Kenneth Walker, you know, Rashad Penny's career ends. Basically, he retires. And Kenneth Walker's thrown right into the Wolves 20 carries a night. And here we are. He's been a beast. Almost over 1,000 yards will be after next week. I think he's at 985, nine touchdowns. He's my offensive rookie of the year. Uh, defense player of the year, Nick Bosa. You know, uh, I think it was five weeks ago, easily, Micah Parsons. Uh, but, you know, Micah's defenses have kind of, you know, they've finally been doing the chipping, the doubling on Micah. So, you know, his stats haven't blown up like I thought they would. Um, notorious B.I.G. Uh, but, um, yeah, I uh, I think Nick Bosa has to be the winner. Offense player of the year, any discussion? Justin Jefferson. I, I know he had a bad game against Green Bay. Justin Jefferson. MVP, no discussion. Patrick Mahomes. Thank you and good night. So combat sports wishes. Again, this won't be a very long pod at all. Um, this would be right around 30 minutes, maybe even a little less. So we're going to go combat sports wishes. We're going to have my top five bouts I want to see in boxing in 2023. The top three fights I would want Conor McGregor to return to. Uh, the top five fights I want to see in 2023 in the UFC. Who I believe will be the champion in each weight class at the end of 2023. And the five biggest pay-per-views you can make sale-wise can only use Conor twice. And I have an outline for what I think Connor is going to be able to do in 2023. So here we go for a top five bouts I want to see in boxing in 2023. Five, Terrence Crawford, Earl Spence. I mean, for fuck's sake, make the fight. We've been waiting and waiting for the undisputed title between Spence and Crawford. Let's get it done. And it, it's lower on my list now because I'm so pissed off it hasn't happened yet. It's gotten lower on my list. At four, Devin Haney, Shakur Stevenson. I mean, I think those are the two best 135ers currently. Um, that's the fight I want to see. I love Shakur Stevenson. I also love Devin Haney. That is a chess match, and I want to see it. At three, Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano, too. Uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. I haven't watched much women's boxing, but it was the greatest women's boxing match I ever saw, and it was probably one of the greatest boxing matches anyway I ever saw, male or female. So the rematch is what I want to see. Uh, two, Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder. This has been rumored and talked about for since 2016 we're going on seven years of this being talked about let's get it done both guys i think it's time and number one's easy tyson fury alexander Usyk for the undisputed heavyweight title that's that's number one for me so top three fights i would want conor mcgregor to return to number three justin gaethje again i just like the matchup for conor um you know i think gaethje's an airhead and uh i think that the precision and the power of conor can hurt him bad number two is Jorge masvidal just because masvidal talks so much shit over the years and uh, he's a journeyman. He has about 20 losses. Uh, you know, he's just, he got KO by Usman. And, you know, got his ass whooped by Colby. And now he's demanding a title shot against Leon Edwards, which is just unbelievable. But, hey, if uh, he wins the welterweight title, we could get Masvidal versus uh, uh, Connor for the welterweight title. So we'll see what happens. Number one's easy, though. Michael Chandler. And, this, and number one, and there's a big gap between two and three because this is the right fight to make for both these guys. Chandler loves fun, chaos fights. You know, he's beating Dan Hooker and Tony Ferguson. He's lost to the better, you know, the topper of the division, um, the upper echelon, you know, and uh, Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, and Charles Oliveira. Uh, so that's the fight I would make. And then we'll get into another one where I think I think Connor beats Chandler. Um, and then we'll get into what I think happens to Connor after at the very end when we do the pay-per-view sale-wise list. So top five fights I want to see in 2023. So this is my personal list 
Um, and not including Connor because we just went over Connor. So this is obviously Connor. He would have two on this or one on this at least. So, uh, you know, you're going to have some of my favorite fighters on this. The first one, though, at five is just it's just because I want to see war and I want to see blood. Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, too, I think is the fight to fucking make. You're going to make Michael Chandler Connor. I think they're going to do Oliver Dariush. You got Volkanovski fighting Islam. Let's let Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje one more time go at it. One more time. You know, is it going to take... Is it gonna take years off their life? For sure it is, but they've already taken that. They've already taken a lot, um, especially Gaethje. Okay, we're not gonna talk about that though. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Poirier Gaethje too is a fight I want to see. Just and I don't even really like either guy. Don't mind Poirier. Really don't like Gaethje. Um, but that's just a fight I want to see for the fans, and that's just a great fight, right? Uh, number four, Alex Pereira, Israel Adesanya too. Obviously, I think Izzy. I love Izzy, and I would like him to get his belt back. And I think you know he was easily winning that fight. He just got. Uh, Got a little lazy and got caught, and that's a fight I want to see. Uh, three, Cheeto Vera, Sean O'Malley, too. O'Malley, my guy, obviously next line for the title. I think, you know, if uh, I would like O'Malley, hopefully Henry Cejudo beats Aljamain because I think that's an easier matchup for Sean. I think if Sean fights Aljamain, that's a really tough matchup. But, uh, yeah, that's a fight I want to see, whether it's next, if Sean doesn't want to wait and they do it now, or if Sean gets the title and then they fight. Uh, Colby Covington, Hamza Shemaev, number two. Easily, obviously, you know, I, would love to see Colby fight for the title too, but I would love to see Colby derail the hype, tra- hype train. I want him to be the guy to do it, and that's why I have this at two. Number one, easy for me, outside of a Connor fight, France Singanu, John Jones has to be the one, guys. Has to be the one. Has to be the fight to be made by you know April, March, May of 2023. You gotta somehow do it. UFC's gotta somehow give uh, France Singanu a contract that he wants to come back to. So who I believe will be the champs in each weight class at the end of 2023. Obviously, these are ridiculous predicts and some of these will be homer picks and i don't give a shit it's my podcast for heavyweight i am going france singano but i have a caveat if francis doesn't resign i think it will be john jones i will say john jones will be the heavyweight champion at the end of 2023 light heavyweight i think jerry prohoshka is going to come back at the year's end and i think he's going to beat whoever's the champion i think he'll be champion again israel aldesanya i think israel is going to beat alex Pereira. i think they're going to do a trilogy at some point and I think he beats him in that again. And he'll have two wins that year, and he'll win the year as champion. Uh, welterweight, Colby Covington. Map it out for me, you say. Okay. He's going to beat Hamzat Shemaev. Leon Edwards is going to beat Kamaru Usman in the trilogy. And Colby Covington is going to beat Leon Edwards. Or either way, though, if Usman beats Leon, they'll do a trilogy with Usman and Colby, and Colby will win that fight. Um, lightweight, Islam Mahachev. I just don't see a guy right now that's, you know, I know there's some going to be some up-and-comers, but I don't see those guys coming right now. Yeah, you think about it. I think he's going to fight Volkanovski. I then think he's going to fight the winner of Charles Oliveira and Dariush. But let's say he's fighting Volkanovski in what, February, March, April, May. Let's say he fights in June. He fights that. Then you have the the back half of next year. Who does he fight? Maybe a Fazeev's up there by then. You know, maybe Dustin Poirier goes on a win streak. Maybe a Connor fight. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I think he's going to be the champ at the end of 2023. And I think Alexander Volkanovski will be the featherweight champ at the end of 2023. Uh, Bantamweight went Sean O'Malley. Oh my God. I think he's going to wait it out. I think Cejudo's going to beat Al Jermaine. He's going to beat Cejudo. He's going to defend against Cheeto, and that'll be the year's end. Um, Brandon Moreno's who I'm going for the flyweight. You know, there are some up and comer guys that ranked around seven or eight that I really like that are putting some nice wins together, but I don't know if they'll fight him this year. Um, I think you're going to see Alexander Pantoja fight him next after the Figueredo quadrilogy. Um, and then I think you can see Kai Carl Franz getting back in there or something. We'll see what happens, though. Uh, for the women's, I'm going Valentina Sevchenko as the women's bantamweight champion, either by Amanda Nunes retiring or her going up and beating Amanda Nunes. And I also think she'll be the women's flyweight champ. I think she'll be a champ champ. And then I think Rose Namajunas will get her strawweight women's title back. 
So the five biggest fights you can make in the UFC pay-per-view sale-wise can only use Conor twice. Okay, four for me. Obviously, I don't want to see this, but I've, you know, there's rumors that if Kamar Usman's hand is done, um, if it's broke and he's out longer than they think, then um, they're going to make something else happen. And there's rumors that'll be Hori Masvidal. You know, obviously they had a fight backstage five, six years ago, four or five years ago. Uh, Leon's huge right now. Obviously Masvidal still draws attention. He's a big name. I'm going to go Leon Edwards, Hori Masvidal at five. At four, I'm going to go Alex Pereira, Israel Adesanya too. I think that does close to a million buys. Um, I truly do. Uh, three, I'm going Francis Ngannou versus John Jones. Um, I think that does slightly over a million buys. I think it does in the 1.1 to 1.2 range. Uh, then I'm going Conor McGregor, Michael Chandler, which I think is going to draw about 1.7. I think it'll draw 1.7. I think Conor beats him. And then for Conor's second fight of the year, Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz, three. At the end of, mid, you know, maybe September range, August, September range, trilogy will do around 2 million buys. Um, especially if Conor goes in there and gets a knockout win over Michael Chandler. Nate Diaz coming off the win over Tony Ferguson. I think the fight's even bigger. You do it at 170. That's where both fights were. You just keep it at 170. And you have the trilogy between Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor. And I think that's the fight to make. Um, and tw- the biggest one you can make pay-per-view-wise in 2023. So again, the podcast, Fantasy Football League update. Uh, let's check it out. So again, I am up currently 168 to 130. So I have a 30-point lead. Uh, obviously, the game was in pause. Obviously, because Hamler, you know, Hamlin, crazy freak incident, sickening incident. Um, I had Diggs and Allen. They had about seven. He had Higgins and Burrow. They had about nine at the time of the stoppage. I shouldn't lose that game, but you know, again, in fantasy, you never know. So I don't know what they're going to do with fantasy. I really don't. There's been really no word on that. What's going to happen here? Is it over? If they, you know, especially if the game's not played, if they just call it a draw or they call it a loss for the Bills, it would have to end the week and I would be declared champion. But going in, I was up 41, 2v2 left. Allen and Diggs was Burrow and then the other one, I'm up 53. He had Chase left. I had nobody. Obviously, Chase would need to have 175 yards probably and three touchdowns. And 10, 11 catches. So, I mean, not a great chance. But, again, you know, it's not even worried about that. Now, hopefully, DeMar Hamlin is, you know, going to make a full recovery, you know, and get through this. And, you know, fantasy can sit aside for now. You know, obviously, Hamlin's, what what happened to him, way more important than fantasy fucking football. But, uh, yeah, we'll get to it. You know, it's not – no one's in a rush. So, we'll get to it whenever it gets decided on. Obviously, I, the, the report I heard today – probably about a couple hours ago, was that they agreed that they weren't going to play the game this week. Bills obviously went home early Tuesday morning. Um, and that they don't know if they'll be – They it's going to be – it's very unlikely they squeeze this game in. It's very unlikely is what's said. That's what's been said. It's very unlikely this game gets squeezed in. Um, but, yeah, so hopefully win two fantasy leagues would be very cool to, you know, get a couple wins. But like I said, next week we'll have a full fee segment and everything. Um, and we'll be back Thursday with KB and the boys. Um, yeah, can't wait. Thank you guys for listening again. And we'll be back Thursday. Peace.